This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. Earl Grey hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host Daniel Prue, who is down in the phaser range. D- Daniel, are you are you working out some of your aggression on those little yellow and blue dots? Well, uh, much like a childhood hero of mine, Pac-Man, yes, that's that's what I do. I try to destroy all the little pellets that are floating around. Sometimes I get a power-up, and then I get double sh- double shots from my phaser and make sure I don't miss. Now, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting being in a very tiny room trying to hit tiny colored objects. But, uh, you know, even in the future, sometimes retro is cool. That's true. I'd never thought about how retro that that game actually is, but it it makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm also joined by my co-host Philip Gilfus, who's who's sitting at Science Station Two. Philip, w- what is that you're frantically searching through that database? <laughs> Did you know about the history of all the prior enterprises? It's really fascinating stuff. I'm trying to look for this really specific incident. It's the time where. One of the crew was captured, and they had to send an away team to to rescue them. And I'm trying to remember which mission that was on which Enterprise. Uh, it's, it's a little vague. I think you're going to have to narrow that down just, just a little, no, it, a little it, bit more. It was the one where the captain was captured on the planet. Oh, which one was that? Okay. Yeah, okay, the captain. I'm going to have to do the advanced search option here. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just going to press, um, I feel lucky. I feel lucky. Well, on this episode of Earl Grey, I posed a challenge to my co-host. Some said it was impossible. Others said an it act is. of torture. But uh, I asked each of them to make a marathon list for TNG using only one episode from each season. These seven choices may not be the best episodes nor their favorite, but their own personal 294 minutes of Star Trek The Next Generation for the if if the free time existed, so uh, I, I think that covers the why. Uh, I I know you guys have uh, graciously accepted my you know my demands of of making this list. I'm sure it was was not fun. It was very challenging for for me to put together, uh, but I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what we chose, what similarities there were, and what what differences. But okay, well let's start with our season one picks. Daniel, why don't you lead us in with your one choice in all of season one? Okay, this this one I'm actually pretty excited about, only because I have, a, I think, a fairly unique choice. And I, I did mention this episode in one of our episodes. I think it was our season one episode that we had done before. This is just an episode, and I think it's mostly for nostalgia purposes, but I have probably watched this, watched this episode more than any other episode of, of Star Trek The Next Generation. And believe it or not, it is... One one zero zero one zero zero one, 
Um, it's I don't know what it is about this episode. It's not amazing. <laughs> I mean, under any standards, um, we have the Enterprise going into a, a you know a magically shrinking and growing door of a starbase um oh gosh yes don't <laughs> get me started on starbase scale but, yeah. <laughs> but we do actually get a really awesome shot of the enterprise in the starbase and like all the people leaving you know anyways the, it's one of the first episodes that kind of explores the holodeck a little bit uh, which i don't actually generally care about that much but I don't know what it is about this episode that draws me to it. Um, it's just a, a fun episode. It's a really interesting episode. I actually kind of like the binars, and I know we get a mention of them, I think, in Enterprise, uh, I believe. And that's the only other time that they're mentioned. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, was, I was leaning towards one of the fan favorites, but I had to say to myself, you know what? No, this is the episode I've watched more than any other, and I love it. I love the episode... Even though it's not perfect, it's not wonderful, but it's it's very very TNG. There's many no, I, a special place in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> we just I tried the program several other times, and it just it just wasn't the same. <laughs> no, I know when I try to think of that special lady, the first person who always comes to my mind every time is a psychologist from the original Law and Order. I mean, that's really what woman could possibly be better than that. You know what? She impressed Captain Picard immediately. Oh, you speak French. Because I'm well, from that's, Britain. That's all it takes from him. <laughs> <laughs> Although she was technically mentioned later when there was a Deception episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, but the, the binars weren't mentioned. So, yeah. that I would have rather see them all through season one than the Ferengi. But Exactly. I mean, you you said it, Philip, right then. I, I couldn't have put it better. So, Daniel, do you give okay. this episode a 1-0? <laughs> um, you know, I just... It'll be interesting to see your choices. And I actually feel like I'm very unique in that choice because I don't think it's widely regarded, um, even in season one, which is a fairly weak season. So uh, oh. I, I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say. Okay, Philip, what's your first choice for season one? Uh, we, oh. we, and I remember I said no stipulations. You can choose any episode oh, you God. want in well, season one. I, I mean, there's some choices where you don't even have to pick them because they're just there. And so I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it because it's, it's there. So I'll, I'll tell you the, the episode I wrote down. And it's one we've mentioned um, because of its complexity. And it is the Arsenal of Freedom. And so, yes, and this is the one we talked about in season one and, and one we talked about when we talked about Jordy. And the reason I really picked this episode, and, and you know, those are going to be a variety of reasons I choose all these episodes, but this one really jumped out because every character has something to do in this episode. There's an A hmm. story with, with a bunch of people. There's a B story with some people. There's a C story. But everyone's doing something. Um, and so this is the one where, uh, you know, they, they have, they're being attacked in, in – the ship's being attacked and they're being attacked on the planet and everyone's kind of broken apart and everyone has to survive. And so, I mean, I, I just, if I'm sitting down, I want to do an episode where I'm not going to be lagged down by anything. I don't have to worry about any boring parts. Arsenal of freedom, action packed on all levels. Great season one episode. And oh, yeah. Jordy and well, red, Jordy and red and Jordy in command and that, and that's such a great, I mean, he, Man, I, I we, like you said, we've talked about it before, but we I kind of wish Jordy had stayed in red because he's awesome. 
as that. Philip, did you, uh, just out of curiosity, did you maybe have like the fish for dinner or something from, you know, old fish from, like, this is, I'm, my mind is blown that you did not pick justice. I was expecting justice and there was no justice. I mean, I don't have to pick it every time, you know, I mean, <laughs> I just get the tattoo. It's fine. You don't have to pick it every time. <laughs> the right, right. And what a great right. episode. I, I agree. Arsenal of Freedom is a fantastic episode. Um, even with the the really cheesy flying robot drone things, yeah, yeah, and the, and the salesman. I mean, he, well, no, that's he a was an interesting big part. Yes. <laughs> Besides, this oh. is a marathon, Daniel. If this was, do you? What's the one episode to pick where you just want to watch it and then think about and meditate it about for for hours afterwards? Then we go justice. But this is a marathon, so. <laughs> Fair enough. This is you just started. You you have you have high hopes that you won't be totally sleep deprived by the end of this and just you know coming apart at the seams. You know, optimistic. Not, some would say in a matter of you know naivete. I would agree. But okay. So my choice. I actually you know, for, at least for season one, we've all picked different episodes. I picked Heart of Glory. Uh, this is just such a good episode. You get the Klingons, they're back with their awesome foreheads. You get a lot of Klingon culture. You get the death yell. Uh, you have the awesome, you know, let's build a phaser out of our clothes (laughs) sequence, which is just awesome. It's like, come on, transporter. Where were you? I mean, how did you not detect this? Uh, I think, you know, 24th century TSA is just a little lax. Uh, Maybe we need Eddington or someone who's a hard nose to just come in and just rework this system. Maybe Salone. I think, can we all agree that Salone is probably like the TSA of the 24th century? He sure feels like it. But uh, but since this is actually going out to the World Wide Web, I retract all statements. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> just, but no, I, I really like Heart of Glory. You know, I like, uh, you know, like I said, the, the Klingon elements and you know, just diving right into to War's heritage. But did you guys in, enjoy this this one? I, I know it didn't make the cut, but uh, uh this is this is because this is an interesting. This is the first time, other than War standing in the back, um, being Klingongi. Uh, this is the first time we see the Klingons in TNG, um, and it's 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 definitely odd. And then uh, the the uh, and I forget the actor's name, Vaughn Armstrong, uh, Admiral Forrest so, plays yeah. plays the Klingon. Um, and and it, I, you know it's it's not the strongest episode because um, I, I think a, a matter of honor in season two is sort of to me the better sort of Klingon but but you know I, 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 you know yeah yeah it's a thing <laughs> I, I well and they do have the awesome Klingon music though because the motion picture had come out you know before this time obviously so this is the first time we'd seen next gen Klingons with that music set behind them and you know besides every other episode of TNG, but had you to know, start somewhere. There are a couple of really awesome scenes in the episode. I actually really like one thing that always sticks out to me in this episode is when uh, they think the Klingons are trying to escape and the security detail shows up. And <laughs> of course, of course, a little girl comes out of the, the door and like walks up <laughs> to the Klingon and it's like, oh, whatever, mister, you're Did great. Somebody order a like, hostage. and then the other scene and i kind of like and i think oh my goodness i'm gonna get crucified if i'm wrong but you know we do get the the klingon death yell thing that we 
it's kind of inconsistent. Like, of course, we see lots of Klingons die and not every time that there's a scream. But I'm almost positive that when Jadzia dies in Deep Space Nine, Worf does the death, oh, yeah. the death yell. And when and Kalar like, dar- dies, he does it as well. Yeah. And when Kalar yeah, dies. Well, yeah, well, Ka- yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm, yep. And so I always appreciated that because I was like... Wow, something that it's a very throwaway thing in this episode, kind of like, but you know what I mean, like, and it shows up later, and it's 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 Michael Dorn, it's Michael Dorn's acting ability, I think, that really kind of sells it, like that there's all this emotion behind it, and he hates to he like at the end of the episode, he hates to kill his his bud, his friend. Well, and it's got that great triple shot pull out, like ah, we're just farther and farther up the warp core, which is an awesome angle. I love that. They, I wish they did more at the top of the warp core. Agreed. But we rarely go there. But hmm. all right. Well, w- let's shake up the order a little bit. Uh, Philip, you're in the hot seat for season two. Uh, now, Daniel made a prediction before we started recording that there. He said there's a high. In a data-like way, he said, "There's a high <laughs> probability." What are the odds uh, that we're that we're gonna choose the same episode for this season? Uh, but but let's see. Where uh, maybe you'll prove us wrong. Maybe you'll prove us right. What what was your what was your pick for for season two? I see. Well, now I'm curious what it was. My season two episode was peak performance. Mm. Um, because because again. I mean, again, almost everyone has something to do because the crew split up. You know, you have uh, two ships. There are two ships, which means that there are two bridges. Um, and so, two but you have bridges. <laughs> but you have Riker in command with Worf as his first officer, and Wesley and Geordi, and then you have Picard and, and Co. And then you have. Um, yeah, I'm those... not doing my Ferengi impression again. Okay? <laughs> no. I don't care how much you guys want. It's the only reason I chose this. Now you've seen through it was my you in, it was you deceit from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you protecting Director Ship, <laughs> Commander Riker? <laughs> Well, it's easy to do like season one and two, Friggy, because they all sound like, can't like do they just got those prosthetics in their mouth like an hour before, and they have no idea how to talk. My, right. my dream <laughs> podcast is you doing your Ferengi voice with Char from To the Journey. To the Journey! Uh, to the Journey! Doing wow. her um, separated Balana Klingon voice. Oh you know, gosh, okay. yes, I remember that. <laughs> With it's the pretty teeth. pretty much the same thing, yeah. Uh, but no, peak performance, I mean, again, it's it's everyone has something to do. There's nice action, you know, there's a good story. You're going with it, and, and you know, it's 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 awesome. You just see Riker good. and Picard being brilliant and tactical and all that stuff. And you get the swagger, you know, leaning back Riker, who's... You know, just like you're gonna accept my surrender, Picard. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I, and and I, Wesley cheats, so and, and, everything's you know. <laughs> and then you have the the good. I mean, I would argue you have the good Pulaski moment here with Data. She's cheering him on, wants him to 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 kick some tail um, with that Zach Dorn. So you know. But you also have the moment where she goes, "I wish I'd never, I'd never propose that stupid contest." And, and we're like, "Yeah, don't worry, you're gonna be gone because this is the end of the season." <laughs> <laughs> because because Pulaski hates Data so much, I have to justify why she would do that in my mind. And I really feel like she had put 
a serious amount of gold pressed latinum on data. <laughs> so she had to kind of, you know, root for him and push him to, to, to do it again. But what a great episode. Honestly, that was actually my second choice peak performance. Just a fantastic episode overall. I love how they split the crews in half and, you know, Riker gets his crew and Picard gets his crew. And then we get a callback to season one with the, with the Picard maneuver and just what an amazing what a great episode. Like there's 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 hardly anything to complain about in that whole episode. All right, Daniel, we'll put you back in the hot seat. Uh I'll I'll go first next round. So, what was your choice for season 2? Uh Snapshot. Right. So, my choice of course, like like you mentioned before, Darren, is going to have to be Measure of a Man. Uh I you can't you can't leave that episode behind. Um it's you know, it is a it's the diamond in the rough. Uh, of, of most of season two so it's just and of course as a data fan i love it i, I love it and, and a data and a picard fan and and you know we we get so much character development in that one episode it's an important episode for picard it's a super important episode for data and a, a lot of people i think forget in the same way that they forget about best of both worlds is a very important episode for Riker. like we get a lot of character development for the three major players well three of the major players anyways uh, you know uh, of the whole series and uh, when i saw uh, this episode when i went to see the season two blu-ray release event in theaters and they had the extended tr- uh, footage and stuff that they had cut from the episode oh my goodness it was amazing it was wonderful it blew me away and it's i think it's a work of art i think it's you know e- e- as much as you know we talked about season two last week and as much as i rack on season two you you it's worth it, this is not the case for season 2 at all but but it would have been worth 25 terrible episodes just for measure of a man mm. oh i know like that 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 extended edition i mean it's just like lord of the rings i mean who doesn't want extended i'll take extended editions of like every episode well okay sorry not there's one that we talked about last week that well, several, I, I don't want. I want one. Okay, there's. Okay. <laughs> I retract. I retract my statement. Yes, I don't. I don't. I don't. Extended edition by itself is awesome. <laughs> I don't want up the longer ladder. Okay, just it was long enough. That's no extensions. Clones. 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 All right. Well, my choice. Uh, going bucking the stereotype because I just knew Daniel couldn't resist picking uh, <laughs> said episode. Uh, I actually, I actually it continued my Klingon, you know, Klingon uh. direction with a matter of honor. Uh, just again, we've talked about this as a whole before, but uh, I mean, it's a great Riker episode. It's really the first Riker episode as I see. I mean, cause he's on his own. He's not around his crew. He's doing his own thing. He's being, He's showing like just how good of a first officer is. Apparently, just he just doesn't even want to take the captain. Well, he does take the captaincy to the Klingon ship, but <laughs> the majority of it, you know, he just won't sit down. But uh, another Klingon. I know we all enjoy this episode. <laughs> I know that the, the his second lieutenant, I'm sure, you know, was eyeing the captain's chair around Riker many times, but. Uh, but no, a great, great episode, great shots of the bird of prey, you know, <laughs> and again, just really exploring 
the the Klingon culture uh, in a way that we've just never seen before. Right, because this is all pre Star Trek six. Um, so you know, we this is really I mean, what you said. This is all we have for Klingon culture because you didn't get much. I mean, you got some, but you didn't get much in TOS. And the movies up to that point, you know, you see the Klingons get destroyed in motion picture. You see what's his face in Star Trek Three. Any more shots of the uh, bird of prey exploding? And uh, I'm pretty sure <laughs> it we was... have the footage of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, but yeah, so it, this was really you know, but with with uh, you know both of the episodes you've mentioned so far, Darren, that's all the Klingon stuff we got. We did get a lot actually. I mean, again, we invented all this you know Gach and 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 Klingons being cool, right? This is the first time we saw Klingons being gazoo tight. Awesome, Sorry. yes. Junior right there. <laughs> And, you know, of course, in that episode, famously, we get Captain Packled. So, um, but no, of course, if, if our, if our, uh, if our listeners wanted to hear our further thoughts on A Matter of Honor, this was our first encounter together, was it not? On the, it was. Yeah, that was encounter on the ready Earl Grey Point. Yeah, this was, <laughs> yeah, that's right. This was encounter Earl Grey Point. Uh, so check that out. The, uh, the, uh, the ready room where, where we all talk about Matter of Honor and, uh, it's uh, the Ready Room 111 Bird of Prey Selfies. A great was, episode, if I do say so yeah, myself. It was good. It was yeah. meant to be. It was a matter of honor. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, okay, that wasn't really the best setup. but Okay, so going on into season three, I'm going to start it off with... All uh, of it. Okay, there's a, there's a lot. Okay, I know, I know. I know season three was the real stickler because it's really, really good. Um. This one, though, is just a personal favorite of mine, so I, ha- I had to pick it. A matter of perspective. Uh, I know it's not, you know, I know. I know. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Out of left field, Phil now, just hits us are you, are you, Darren, are you, are you just, just doing like some sort of like six degrees of separation? You're like Klingon, season one Klingon episode, season two is a Klingon episode. Season two has matter in it. Season three has matter in it. So, like, okay, no, there, it, you have a no season four perspective? through my choices. <laughs> But no, okay, so a matter of perspective, the reason I picked this one is I, I just love it. I love how they use the holodeck in this way to kind of prove, you know, Riker, you know, guilty or innocent. And, you know, I, because for once, well, for once the holodeck works too well, <laughs> it's not actually broken, but no, I just liked it. I liked it was something different in the holodeck. It was something, you know, that uh, I liked how they kept you know, not until we got to like schisms where they're all kind of like building that table together. Do we see, uh, you know, using the holodeck in that kind of multi-purpose way of, well, okay, well now let's play back this or, Oh, let's change this part, you know, roll it back. It was like CSI in the 24th century, you know? Uh, but so I, I really like this episode. Yes. I know it, it does not rank high of all the other gems, but, but here, let me, uh, let me let me step aside and and hold and hold out the the season three chalice to uh to to Daniel Daniel what's your what's your pick what was worthy uh I I know you said you had six but I I I, I held you to one yeah so um that's right uh, Darren mentioned that this week our topic was going to be one episode from each season that you had to pick. So um, we've finally gotten to season three, and I would like to respectfully decline. I cannot do it. It is an impossible choice. Pass. I pass. Okay, moving on I to pass. Philip. Uh, <laughs> what is your – okay. okay it, it, I, you know, it's so episode. hard. It is so <laughs> difficult. I can't. 
I, okay, I'm gonna. I'll, I will give a choice. I'm going right. to if mention. You, you can and I have a dartboard. I can give you. Uh, I can give you Phil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Daniel. That's okay. Um, no, I was gonna throw a dartboard at you. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I want to give it to him so he can throw it at you. Oh, okay. Um. To uh, but to be fair, I have to say, Darren, that I, of the six choices, and by the way, that was a very difficult choice narrowing it down just to six. A matter of perspective was even <laughs> on that list. Like uh, that was twenty second, I, uh, I think, of my picks. But so. good on you. No, it's it's not a bad episode by any means. Uh, I think it's a bold choice. And you were worried we were going to all pick the same episode. <laughs> I was too. Um, so I'm gonna. I will mention just because for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to mention an episode. Just so you know, there are f- at least four or five other episodes right behind it that that I could easily choose. Just but today happens to be Monday. So I'm going to pick this episode. So um, uh, Monday's choice is yesterday's Enterprise. Right? Because, Wait, wasn't that Sunday's on. choice? Nope. So, uh, I could tell you Sunday's choice. Uh, I'll tell you Sunday's choice because I have a feeling you didn't pick it. Sunday's okay. choice would have been Sarek. I, okay. I, got, I got the joke you made there, Philip. Thank it's you. Okay. I tried. <laughs> yes, I yesterday watched. was Sunday. I, I see what you know. did there. I, the joke I arrived in California you... but did not go north to Virginia. <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> but not in Virginia. Okay. Because I'm farther in the future, I actually got the joke better. <laughs> no, than, Darren, than you're in the past. Like yesterday's oh, Enterprise. I get, I get, you're I get not so getting the joke now. Uh, no, but of course, um, this is actually my first appearance on Trek FM at all. I did my first appearance was on the right. I did room. not design this show to be a personal plug for Earl Grey. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there right now, but okay, good. No, go ahead. Daniel. Okay. So there are seriously, but seriously season three, <laughs> I think of season three of TNG is the best season of star Trek that has ever existed. I, do, I honestly, I don't Yet think you chose season two to review last week. I'm just, well, because that comes after season know. one. I didn't want to skip season two. Come on, did continuity, Darren. We deal with it in TNG. Uh, but no. We, um, we do. Some would argue otherwise, but I agree with you. Uh, but, you know, um, it's, it's season three. I'm telling you, to, to me, there's no better season of Star Trek that has ever existed. It's just, it's solid across the board. You know, there are, there are of course, like every season of, of Star Trek, there are a few a few misses, but, oh my goodness, the amount of classic episodes that are in this season, it's unreal. So I picked yesterday's Enterprise because we get to learn a lot of uh, uh, important Star Trek lore that we didn't know. And even though it features like, I can never remember the character's name, but there's like this important uh, guest star, Guinan? I think. No, Guinan's <laughs> in it. Yeah, but there's someone else. I feel like she has a feeling. Uh, Richard. Yeah, have... <laughs> do you want me to? <laughs> Castillo? <laughs> yeah, do... it's probably Castillo. Yes. He's, oh, he's a semi-famous yes. actor. Shooter McGavin on the Enterprise C. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, and and I and I love it because of that reason too. You know, Daniel, just the whole the history. It's like, oh my gosh, we get to see the Enterprise C, who we the we have not ship. seen. I love that. It almost makes me want to know more about the Enterprise B, and unfortunately, I I do later learn more about the Enterprise B, but. You know that was taken out of his dad's garage when he shouldn't have. Uh, that, but that was the pilot episode of Enterprise B. It gets better in the later seasons. Oh, okay, okay. Well, could they at least recut it into like a menagerie type, you know, <laughs> setting? But, uh, but no, yeah. The, yesterday's Enterprise. I mean, it brings back that one girl. Uh, I I can't remember who who was her. Nurse Chapel. 
Uh, no, uh, it, well, it brought back those awesome belts and sashes. Those oh, that's cool. what it was. Um, but and did you know that there are actually lights on the floor as well in Enterprise? I mean, uh, I didn't even know that because we weren't necessarily next to a sun, but boy, was the lighting different. And le- and I just want to say one other thing, um, for fear of being punished. Uh, yesterday's Enterprise is, I believe, the only in uh, in TNG universe mention of cetacean ops uh-huh. so it was mentioned yeah so only and because of... born a running gag here on earl gray so does that mean commander flipper is like this tactical officer but it's only because during the klingon war that we bring out the citation ops yes yes um the citation ops it's definitely a battle ready uh, command, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what you'd call it, but yeah, they're they're definitely helpful in wartime, and we never got wartime in TNG except for the war with the Cardassians, which is like the hidden war that apparently never counts for anything. So... It's the Korean War of the Star Trek <laughs> universe. <laughs> well, I mean, I could just see you know the Commander Flipper being on his own home water planet, being like, "Just you guys beam down here on an away party, and I'll totally take you out." <laughs> is that your uh, Flipper accent? That's that one needs work. Oh, uh, that one needs work. Sorry, I'm sorry, Darren. I could not. Wait, wait, no, that's Troy. That's Troy. I'm getting all mixed up. We... I mean, there's no way of not knowing that Commander Flipper doesn't sound like season one Troy. I'm just, I'm just saying. That's true. <laughs> He's like he's like operates in weird ways. He's like the TNG Morn. We never actually get to hear him talk, but you know when the camera's not on him, he's just a chatterbox. He's just going on. Remarks several times that he just won't be quiet. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you've waited long enough, Philip. What of the infamous choices of good episode? I mean, did were are we brothers? Did you pick a matter of perspective? As well? I'm sorry, I can't even say it. <laughs> well, see, see, again, see, it's very, very, very difficult. And and I was I was faced with a hard choice. Do I pick my almost favorite episode of all time? But the answer is no, because again, if I'm going to pick my favorite episode, I'm going to stop watching because that's it. That's the episode. I'm not going to watch any more episodes. So I didn't pick Family, which would have been my favorite episode of Earth. Oh, or, or, excuse me. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That's season. Yeah, it's wrong season. Wrong season. Yeah. Sorry. You're jumping ahead. I know. Now, so the season three, I picked, and this is a very Philip choice. I know. So I will explain it. Well, I picked. I would hope you would pick a Philip <laughs> choice. I picked the bonding. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know it's a weird one, but okay. but go with me. Okay. So I picked Arsenal Freedom and Peak Performance, which are very action-packed and fun episodes. But now it's time in the third hour to kind of like slow it down. You know. Get, get, get a little heavy subject matter, and that's the bonding. Um, this is the one where we have, uh, you know, the death of a crew member, which they actually just mentioned in an episode I just watched in Season 5, um, Ethics. So they actually do bring it up again. Because um, Riker's talking about all the people they've lost. Um, Lieutenant Take Astor. that, everyone. Continuity. <laughs> Take it. Um, just eat it. <laughs> yeah, and so, because I wrote an article for Trek FM plug, shameless plug, about should there be children on the Enterprise D? And this, when I wrote the article, I was like, oh, well, the answer is going to be yes, because it's a family ship. But when I started to think about things, especially this episode, the bonding, I came across as no, because starships are death traps. And if they don't kill the children, they kill their parents. And this is actually a very a serious and, and very good episode about dealing with law. And again, you know, blah, 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 but dealing with loss and, and, and Jeremy and, and you have the Wesley Picard dynamic parallel with the wharf jeremy dynamic and it's just it's very heavy admittedly 
Um, I mean, you have Picard t- pining about the fact that why do I have to do this? Why are there children here? Um, so it's a heavy episode, I admit, but but I, I love it. It's very good. And so after having two fun episodes, I'm going to go do a heavy one. But no, and and you guys are right. I mean, this, this not only was this a difficult season to choose, but also at the end, I mean, you have the first part of the best of both worlds. I mean, which kind of invented the cliffhanger as we know it. I mean, it's just, ugh, it's so, so much good in this season. But moving on to season four. Dun, 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 dun. I thought we were going (laughs) to wait a year before we reveal the rest of the seasons. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Uh, To be continued. (laughs) Fire. (laughs) No. uh, So, Daniel, what was your choice for season four? I'm going to give it to, um, and this is actually going to come back later on in another choice I have. I'm going to give it to Day to Day um, because it's, I love the day to day stuff. I, I uh, The universe building, interesting, this is what we do on a day to day basis. Hey, we, we've had three weddings and two births and there was a, a fight in 10 forward. I don't, I don't, I don't remember yeah, exactly what Data says. <laughs> exactly. Like. I love that, and I love that the whole. Of course, to be fair, this this episode very heavily features Keiko O'Brien, who I could do, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but it's it's mostly a data episode, and we do get to see really interesting, like the night shift. I think this is the first time that that is a thing, and like, and isn't Data the head of the night shift, right? Because yeah. he seems the optimal choice because he doesn't. You know, he doesn't sleep. I also love like, like how <laughs> in the night shift on the Enterprise, they turn down the lights real low so you can take a nap if you need to. Like it's <laughs> like if you go to the McDonald's drive-through at one in the morning, if they just like dim the lights real low, like so you couldn't really see what was going on. You know, that's ridiculous. Why would they do that? Um, well, and but, that's a good. That's a good question, though. Like, okay, so you have a night shift because you have some sort of rotation. I think was it three rotations that's right. at this point? No, that's the two, only way to run a starship. I thought it was two, wasn't it? Only two. No, it was three, and three. then Jellicoe bumped into four. 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 Okay, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but it's like, yeah, it's like okay, but there's no planet spinning to create a day-night cycle. Like you could literally do one of those like 28-hour day crazy space you know, nine. things. Yeah, exactly. So, or or like Men in Black, like don't they operate on like Centauri time or something? It's like a 36-hour <laughs> like day or something crazy. <laughs> But I, anyway, I like you so, also see Worf apparently has the shift before Data, which I thought was interesting. This goes Worf, then Data, then Riker. But yeah. it also makes exposition work. I mean, it's you know it's hard to make an episode work where it's just someone talking, you know, like straight to the audience. But you know, using the whole letter to Commander Maddox, you know, I'm surprised you didn't highlight it with you know, remember me, you know, the the android you almost killed. <laughs> Commander Maddox, you mean the one who was mentioned in a prior episode in a prior season? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, the one, the oh, continuity okay. generating Commander Maddox. Oh, okay. And and one thing, real quick, that just talking about it makes me think like I wish Data has apparently a close relationship with Keiko. Not that she's the greatest character, and even a, a less close relationship with with uh, with Chief O'Brien. Why could they have not picked up on that on later episodes? A Deep Space Nine. Like, it would have been perfect for Data to show up at some point. Just for fun. Why didn't they do it? Oh, it makes me mad. I could just picture the O'Briens, you know, sitting down to a meal. And all of a sudden you hear the door chime, you know. Doo-doo-doo. 
you know, and they're like, oh, wonder who that is. And they open it up and it's like data and everyone <laughs> just loses their minds. Okay, it's because it's because it's because uh, Ron Moore was bitter about being told <laughs> that he had to keep writing data stories. So he just didn't want anything to have to do with him in Deep Space Nine, even though data could have shown up for like, oh, I don't know, Worf's wedding or something important like that. Well, whatever. I'm not going to get into it. Or was Jeremy Astor at Worf's wedding? That's my question. <laughs> Bonding indeed. <laughs> All right. Now, Philip, what was your choice for, for season four? I, I I think you said uh I did and you, you shied away from your number one. You kinda of tipped your hand. There, I did. But... No, that was a lie because and this is why we do don't do this live, because my season four pick is actually family. Because I, I I did have what? I'm so surprised. I know, I know. Well and I debated because you know, again, you know, but so, so again, I'm I'm doing this in remember, it's all seven hours here for some ungodly reason. Um and so I have two action packed fun episodes. I've done the bonding, so heavy and I'm, I, can, I can do one more heavy. I can do one more heavy. And so I go with Family, which is my favorite episode of all time. Um, it, period. It's such a great um, and so, you know, obviously it's a, it's a heavy episode, um, you know, because uh, my my uh, uh, tear ducts um, have some inflammation <laughs> during, actually more the Wharf storyline, to tell you the truth, but but the Picard one as well, because, um, but, but yeah, the Picard dealing with the Borg... Um, and you know the trivia, of course. In this episode, is the only episode where the bridge is never shown. Um, the only episode in TNG, um, because or Data, right? Data as well. I think it's the, it's the only episode he doesn't show up in as well. That's right, because he has no family. <laughs> wait, wait, oh yeah, wait, right. No. Yeah, except right. five or six episodes. Of this except for season. two brothers, a daughter, <laughs> a father, a grandfather, and a mother. A grandmother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's confusing. A anyway. da- yeah. Okay. Uh, the replicator, um, the tricorder. The, well, it's an extended family. So, but but yeah, no. I mean, family. I could go on. Yeah, I could go on about it forever. But family, that's my choice. I'll go get a handkerchief now. <laughs> no, the 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 unofficial third part act of of the Best of Both Worlds trilogy is uh, it's it's so good. So my favorite choice in season four. I really I really like this episode. Is the wounded. So you have, and it's an O'Brien episode, which is cool. You know, background actor getting some more face time. Maybe we should consider him as a series regular in another show. But uh, you get the actor who plays Goldicott, you know, not as Goldicott. But I like, again, it's dealing with a very real issue of you have allegiances between O'Brien and his former captain. You have this rogue Starfleet captain. What? It's not perfect in the 24th century. <laughs> you know, and he's making these hard decisions. You have Cardassians with their awesome headgear, you know, to help correct their stigmatism, I'm sure. Uh, of their, I don't know why they had those things, but... Um, they, they don't shave in this they, episode? Yeah, yeah, they're awesome mustaches. I love those. But, you know, I really, I really like this episode because... You know, you get get you also get the hints of O'Brien's you know distrust of the Cardassians because of you know how what he had to do in this nameless unseen <laughs> war, but and again they go it greatly into that uh, in Deep Space Nine. So this plants a great seed for not just a great character but for a great arc. So you're welcome, DS Nine. Now, where was the parade for the Cardassian War veterans? Huh? Where was their parade? Gosh. We do not do enough. Uh, they don't actually have to thank our war veterans of Starfleet. 
in uh, in Cardassia. Uh, they just have those monitors everywhere. That just <laughs> you know, preach propaganda. So okay, so now Philip in season five. So we're we're head we're on the home stretch. What was your what was your choice? Okay, again, encapsulate. So I've done two action fun. I've done two heavy serious. So I'm gonna have to lighten it back now. And so I picked one, which isn't like a, a funny episode, but it, it definitely will, you know, after being all this heavy stuff, it kind of mixes things up. Cause and effect. Um this this is a a very unique episode, you know, the challenge of you have to show the same scene, I forget how many times, five times, four times. Um, and so from the director standpoint, from the actor standpoint, how do you not, you know, make the audience bored to death? And so, but it's awesome. I mean, look, the Enterprise D blows up before the opening credits. I mean, that's, that's, that's how this episode starts off. All hands abandoned. All hands abandoned. <laughs> um, but no, so, so, you know, it's, you know, maybe not be the greatest episode, but it's, it'll, it's just sort of a, disorienting episode but in a good way it's just it's something very different and so that's why i've kind of eased it in here um to to mix things up that's true that opening bit before the credits i mean that's it's hard to walk away from that i mean as being one of the top you know opening acts because it's like they just blew up the enterprise and that's an awesome exploding enterprise shot and of course, I mean, Darren, I picked this one for you because it introduces your favorite character for the Star Trek novel series. So, you know. Oh, yes. This is where this this episode birthed an entire, entire great novel. Uh, you might have heard of it. It's called Ship of the Line. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it features Morgan Bateson, played by Kelsey Grammer in this episode. I, I remember talking about one of the many times I've talked about Ship of the Line and someone was like, Brazier was in Star Trek? And it's like, okay, it's just a scene, you know. But what a scene. So th- I mean, I, I love that part where he just you, he just shows up and is I'm like, you threw this towards me. good God, Jean-Luc. You know, it's it's great. It's great. He's just sitting back with his swagger going, you know, well, we nearly hit you. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know. We kind of lived through that. Several times of actually hitting you. He's very chill in that captain's chair, just like you know, slunk to one side. By the way, captain, what's up? You know, I'm like, oh. it's actually not a captain's chair; it's a captain's psychiatrist couch. <laughs> ah, okay, uh, okay. I can see that. Actually, it, it's or a bar it's stool. Yeah, or for bar stool. It has a great view of uh, Seattle. So. <laughs> <laughs> Now, my my favorite choice, uh, I'll go next, in season five, uh, it, it wasn't really hard to, to choose this one, is is Power Play. Uh, I really like this episode. It's like, um, it, it's like CSI for the 24th century because, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out this mystery uh, and then, you know, on top of that, it has good bad guys. And when you have a good villain, I mean, that makes a great episode. So when Troy, you know, Data O'Brien, they get taken over by the mystical energy or beings, you know, and then they just work over the bridge. I mean, not since Data made that super long <laughs> password in Brothers, you know, has anyone worked over the bridge that that much? And and again, they have Data, and he's it just like they have to take out all three, and you know Rose in this episode she gets to do something uh, yes but Bro. So, Dan, so Daniel's happy <laughs> but yeah I love that scene though my favorite scene is when 
they take each take a hostage and they're walking down and they have that steady cam rig as they walk down, you know, the corridor set as they're heading towards the transporter in the cargo bay. And you just feel the tension. The music's going, you know, we're like, what's going to happen? And, uh, yeah, I could, I could watch this one over and over. I'm surprised that little girl didn't show up from, from, um, you know, honor or heart of glory episode. She would have been a perfect hostage here. That's true. I mean, you could make like a super cut of all the things to happen in 10 forward. You could combine the elements of like disaster with power play and data's day. So you have a wedding slash birth and, you know, hostage situation all at the same time. And then Q shows up and the Borg are out the view at the viewport. There you go. Isn't that kind of weird to Molly? To visit the place where she was born, that would be like weird if you're just like, "Hey, we're going over to the mall. See, see that store." That table. <laughs> You've never been to the the hospital of your birth, Philip? Is that what you're saying? I don't go visit the room. It, it's a little different than the hospital quote air quotes of your birth is the main recreational lounge of your parents' job. And who takes a baby well, to a bar? Come on, Kiko. Well, I'm sure Guinan has, like, you know, a busy drink or something. <laughs> the Syntha formula? I mean, what are we doing here? Syntha aid? Syntha Kool aid? <laughs> Wait, we already. We already <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Daniel, what was your season's five pick? Without This was easy, um, without a doubt. The first duty, 100%. I love, love, love this episode. I love, I believe this is the first time in the show, in any of the shows, that we get to see Starfleet Academy. At this point, um, I think Star is Trek Six. Pro- episode? I can't yes. remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he shows up. Yeah, definitely. Cause- so, so it's really the first time we get to see Boothby. So that's. That's more important than just Starfleet Academy. I'm just <laughs> trying to remember now. Um, yeah, he gets mentioned earlier, but he gets mentioned because because doesn't Wesley come back before yeah, in that? The final... like, Wesley doesn't remember you or something. Oh, in or the game, and yeah, and he's like, you know, uh, Boothby doesn't remember you, and then he's like, oh, I'm anyways. Um, he doesn't remember. Just we... kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think this is the first time we ever even get to see the campus of Starfleet Academy. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, no, you're right. You're and, right. You're right. Um, I I don't know. I just, just like Paris. You can see the red uh, Golden Gate Bridge from anywhere on <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Of course, of course. And I like it. I, I like, you know, um, I'm kind of split on the Wesley character a lot of times, but I like when he shows up later on as a more mature character. Um, Save it, Daniel. Save of it. Course, well, <laughs> we'll get into it. Um, I like that Tom Paris shows up in this episode. You know, uh, and even though it goes by another name, you know, well, that's so Tom, you know, he's gonna, (laughs) you know, and it's, and I, of course, really the meat of the episode is the one scene that that I believe Philip mentioned in our, in one of our episodes was between, you know, Picard and Wesley and, you know, about the, the duty and the honor of the first duty, right? The first, the uh, first duty of every staff, he'd also do the truth. The truth, whether it be blah, 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 truth, blah, 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 truth. Well, it's a scientific <laughs> truth or historical truth or personal truth. It's one of the it's one of the wonderful lectures that Picard gives throughout the series. And uh, really a, a great episode. I love that episode from from start to finish. There's nothing unexciting about it. Um, 
I just that's my favorite episode in, in season five, without a doubt. Right, and I love the vintage. And none of us mentioned the inner light. How amazing is that? Yeah. It's, oh yeah, know. it's true. Yeah, and, and you know, if you like good things. Yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm not a. <laughs> well, I'm not as huge. You can't have all good things. They have to be some. I'm not a huge money. fan of the inner light as everyone else is. I'm going to just throw that out there. <laughs> I don't think it's bad, but I'm like to me, I I don't. It's not. You know, it's I like Starfleet space stories. I don't like, you know, so that's that's, that's why. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's obviously a very good story, but it just doesn't. So you don't do like it. Captain Picard, is what you're saying, Philip? I don't like him with a goatee. Look, that's as I've said it, you know, <laughs> and it's out there. So with his sun protection, you know. Well, I mean, I I like more of the references we get later to the inner light. You know, like the 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 times we see his flute, like it creates this rich. It's like the origin story of any superhero franchise. Like it's great to have, but we love the references that are built off of it more. No, I, I know it's it's like a TOS fan saying "City of Edge Forever" is okay, I, which I, I know, I know, but I'm just saying, I don't, you know, it's, just, it's not bad. It's just not my favorite. Here, yeah, they're gonna board our ship and yeah. execute you. <laughs> All right, now moving on to season six. We're almost we're almost through this torture, guys. Oh, what do you mean? Okay. What are you talking about torture? We're a TNG podcast, and we could talk about it over the next four hours. It's true. 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 Uh, but as long as we don't have to make, you know, personal decisions about what we like and don't like. But uh, no, this one was actually had the longest list for me to, to choose between. And again, I just kind of like Daniel, like, OK, today's Monday. I'm going to pick this one. Uh, I went with Starship Mine. Ah. Uh, I, I love this one. You got Commando Picard with a saddle. He's shooting people with bows and arrows. And again, you know, in my wonderful montage I want to make now. It's hard to be commando in a saddle is all I want to say. It's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm like, what, I'm like, what did I say, Philip? What did I say? Uh, you know, and I can bad. edit this, you know, awesome scene for the, you know, 10 forward into my awesome 10 forward compilation with the Baryon sweep going through it. Uh, and you know Picard, who doesn't like to kill people, gets to kill someone by attrition. You know, in a good uh, hero way. Well, I just happened to lead him into the deadly wall of death. I didn't pull the trigger or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to see Tuvok as he's having a midlife crisis. So it's all, uh, it's all good. And well, we're I, I, one of those panels, which is awesome. Yeah, a good segue between you two. You go from Paris to Tuvok. Very good. Oh yeah. Yeah. To the journey! <laughs> to the journey! <laughs> oh, so, uh, what a great... Daniel, what a, okay. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, what a, I mean, what a great episode. It's, you know, it's it's one of those episodes that... Uh, it's all, it's fun all around. You, you get... This is the... You, we just mentioned uh, Voyager. This is the microcosm yes, of the car. This is the sleeveless... Yeah. I'm going to be a badass. Someone kind say of, the diehard of Picard. The diehard. Die I'm going to be an action hero Picard. And then on the other hand, we do get this kind of, it starts out as kind of a silly episode with uh, Beverly oh. and uh, Troy and Data and Riker. Um, and then it becomes like a, you know, interesting. How do we kind of subvert these bad guys? Like, uh, and the Baryon sweep is just obviously a plot device because it never shows up again. And what does it even do? I don't... Because they didn't go back to the Baryon Sweep facility, obviously. Daniel. <laughs> I mean, it's not like roaming around in space and they're going to run into it. <laughs> and that's true. I hadn't even talked about the whole other plot that's going on on the planet. And we get, you know, 
Commander Hutchinson. Call him Hutch. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's just that's just gold right there. I mean, but did you know, Darren, that? <laughs> I did not know. Did you know that? You know that uh, Tim Russ was one <laughs> of the a... possible choices for Commander Jordan. But did you know he was also in Star Trek Generations? <laughs> but did you know he was also served with Commander Sulu, you know, um, or Captain Sulu on board the Excelsior? I did know that, in fact. You mean the hood? <laughs> uh, I was hoping we were going to keep it going. That's okay. Uh, and also, uh, uh, come on, remember who, what is Picard's secret identity during this issue, or the, during this episode? He's Mont the Barber. What, where have I heard that the name before? Barber. Gee, I, I must have had to see an episode of before with this. <laughs> I love that he pretends he's Mont. That's just hilarious. It and is fine. I, I also love how the terrorists who apparently are targeting the Enterprise don't know jack squat about the Enterprise is it who its commanding officer is. You know what's going. I mean, I mean, come on. He, he's fairly recognizable. What were they trying to even steal? Was it the, uh, the it was trilithium? They were, trilithium, they were stealing, that's which right. we that's completely a, forgot what it was by the time generations yeah. came around. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> the byproduct of their engines, yeah, which is really really unstable. And again, Picard gets forgetting something, but it did remove the stabilization <laughs> core of that bomb she basically was carrying around so it's her own dang fault she uh, she blew up in space oh, that's funny captain picard would it surprise you to know that you've killed over nine people since you took command of the enterprise surprise the hell to me My attrition? <laughs> okay uh daniel what is your season six pick uh now that we've exhausted starship mine <laughs> I'm glad you didn't mention it. Tapestry, without a doubt. Ooh. Tapestry is so good. Again, I just mentioned um, the first duty. We get to go back to Starfleet Academy. I don't know. Maybe I have an obsession with it. Maybe, you know, it's like the the Hogwarts of the Star Trek universe. And I just, I want to live there and go to school there and just exist there. Yeah, um, you live on the East Coast. I mean, you can move to San Francisco, Daniel. I mean, I, I'm working on place. it. I'm working on it, Darren. Um, <laughs> Tapestry was not at the Academy, though. Let's just be clear. It was on the Starbase that they were Oh, that's true. Right after they late. had... Yeah. yeah, they had graduated, and they were getting their assignments and stuff. But um, what a great episode. I mean, come on. Like, you get Q and Picard. That, that interplay... Uh, is there a is there a, a Jean Luc Pickard here? I mean, come on, best man. line, you know? best line. <laughs> it, it's oh my goodness that you that episode is is amazing, and for every reason, like we got that story, we got the tapestry story in season two. Was That's it right? Season yeah, yeah, season because it was Pulaski episode. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. and and then we get to see it play out here, and it's like. It's almost like continuity was written by the <laughs> writers. With no, Darren, it was one episodic, nothing. You can play them completely out of order. It doesn't matter. And we all know, and, and, I'll, and I'll give this one to Philip, that um, Captain Picard's oh, Romulan clone in Nemesis, what's his name? I can't remember. Wait, what, what, what are you talking about? Is there another movie after Insurrection? <laughs> Uh, obviously is incorrect because in this episode we do learn that a young Picard had a full head of hair. So, well, yes. Okay, let's let's not turn this into the nemesis. <laughs> oh yeah, because well, I I really like you know 
that episode. Shinzon. We get Puck. No, Thank you. I couldn't was, remember his name. No, I appreciate that. I was going to say we get uh, Picard in blue. <laughs> <laughs> Sad Picard in blue. Wah, wah, wah. Man, that's like that's he's the punctual. Scene when he's like talking to Riker and he's like, I, I really, I really think I could, I could be maybe more like command. And then like the look they give each other is like, yeah, you're that lieutenant. You know the one that we he's all Barkley talk about at the Pope. Yeah, he's Barkley. <laughs> that episode. Yeah. Barkley. Uh, poor, poor Picard. What, would, what is their nickname for them? What do you think Ensign Crusher's nickname is for Lieutenant Picard? Like potato uh, instead or something? I don't know. Potato head. <laughs> potato head. Oh my Mr. god. That's, potato head. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> but at least we have oh, a yeah. title for the episode. Now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Philip, what was your season six pick? Uh, well, my season six pick is, of you know, and, and I've mentioned this episode before, but again, what have I done here? So two action, two serious. One mix. Almost like you thought this out. Oh, I, I totally. I, I didn't Daniel this up. No, I thought about this. Um, <laughs> so, well, what I, I I picked a a good fun one, just straight fun one. And what is more fun than I want my father? I want him now, 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 now. Rascals. Yes, it is my number one pick. So it's a great <laughs> fun episode. Yes, I know it has uh, childlike Keiko in it, Daniel, um, but but it has t- childlike Ro, which I know, you know, I, I know you like her above the age of consent, though. Um, so, but I mean, it's a great, great episode. Um, it's fun. It's, 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 you know, it's silly with the Frankie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is a great episode and totally good for season six. Okay, Philip, because you did your great uh John Luke Picard impersonation. I'll gi- I'll give you this. Uh, <clears throat> uh, wait, wait a minute. You just you just called him. You called him number one. That that's what Captain Picard calls his number one. You must actually be Captain Picard. I am a smart Ferengi, and I just put it all together. You do know what if a clobby glots is, right? An inside term. Oh gosh, that, that part's so dumb. The look they give each other—they're like, "Oh my gosh, I've got to cover, cover, cover!" Oh wait, no. Why the heck would he know what you call Riker? Oh gosh. Anyway, oh. It, it's it, it's the episode I hate to love, but I cannot, I can't help myself. Regardless, every series has a has an episode, a guilty pleasure episode, and rascals is just so much it's it's so much more fun than the premise gives it and i i i can't help but love it i hate the stupid premise i think it's ridiculous and i can't take it seriously but when i watch it i laugh and smile through the whole episode i have nothing but good things to say about it echo and alexander i mean everything it's just (laughs) i mean the only thing i'm really disappointed in in this episode is i would have expected remote control car technology to be a lot farther by the 24th century I'm just saying. I mean, that thing was like the size of a skateboard, and it had like a zero turning radius. Are you, I mean, come are on. Are you still disappointed there's not a hoverboard by the 24th century? Yes, dang it, I am. Okay, uh, this should have been awesome. I mean, I think Naomi Wildman played with better toys than this thing. But, uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just like you said, Daniel. It's like, okay, it's not the greatest episode, but it sure is fun. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun, and. Maybe it was fun for, you know, 
Patrick Stewart and, and all those actors to just not have to be in a lot of games. <laughs> not to show up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, after they shot that shaky scene where they're in the shuttlecraft and Guinan's holding her hat, you know, I'm sure they were just ready to just relax for just just take a breather. Like Whoopi, we need you to guest again, but just for like two scenes. That's it. Although I don't know. I mean, would they? Would they have gone through each scene as they would have played it and then had the children, you know, copy kind of what they do? I know they do a lot of that in, in other you know type of shows where they're playing like a young version of someone. I don't know. I'm not sure how it was put together. Maybe uh, the season six DVD will or Blu-ray will, will show that. But or if the kids just took cues from the director of how to act each scene. We'll never know. Well, maybe we'll know. Okay, uh, so we've come to the last season. So, Daniel, take us into season seven, your seventh pick of Next Generation. We have had six consecutive uh, seasons of not picking the same choice. I'm so excited about this. I thought we were going to be picking I the same choice. I think we could do it. I think, we c- I mean, I think, maybe I this think we'll get through it. We all... I'm, I'm going to right, right. do it. It's fun. As long as you guys didn't pick my favorite episode that I've claimed <laughs> many, many times. Um, Lower Decks is by far my favorite episode of Star Trek. The, all five Star Treks. I love this episode so much. There's there's nothing wrong about this episode. Um, even yeah, you though it tipped your hat when you earlier were saying, oh, I love it when they talk about uh, secondary <laughs> night shift characters. And I was just going to say, oh, you mean like, oh, wait, he's going to probably mention that in a couple of seasons. You know, and it, it prominently features a Bajoran. And generally speaking, besides Roe, I don't care for Bajorans. But that's you okay, mean you know, whatever. the Bajoran that they showed in the first duty several seasons ago? Oh, my goodness, the first duty connection. Oh, of course, wow. yes. There is so much good about this episode. I love everything about this episode. I wish I would be okay right now if they if they introduced a new Star Trek series that took place entirely in the next lower generation. Deck a lower I'm deck spin-off. Do it. I'm with you. you could do it. You could fit it in like underneath all of the stuff that we see on the show and it would be, it would be I guarantee it would be a creative challenge and it would be really interesting. I just, oh my goodness, I could have handled an entire an entire another show where we dealt with these minor characters. They're not even, you know, some of them aren't a- as compelling as the main characters, but I just like to see that this is a real world. There are people who exist that, you know, that, that aren't the, the captain or the doctor or the chief engineer, that there are people like they're like, oh my goodness, we just changed course. Where are we going? I don't know. Nobody tells me anything. I'm just an ensign. Like, it's like, I just, oh my goodness. My fa- this is my favorite episode of Star Trek for, for a very specific reason. And uh, I would watch this episode 10 times in a row for the rest of my life if I had to. I love this episode. So, of course, I couldn't pick anything other than Lower Decks. You finally get your Nurse Ogawa-focused episode. <laughs> it's, she's not focused entirely, but she's definitely a very strong player in the episode, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, let's let's move on to to Phil. That was good. I I really want to go watch Lower Decks now, Daniel. So like the series uh, bible so. for your new series, Daniel is like you never go above deck five. You just have to stay. <laughs> if you're on deck four, you're too high. Right? But, <laughs> well, that'd be awesome if you know in in the in the next series or 
whatever they make for Star Trek, what if they release like a bunch of you know direct to internet side episodes that just focused oh. on minor characters like that? Oh, that would be so cool. It would be amazing. If only the internet existed in '87 <laughs> well, or '92 or '93. I guess it would have been it for this because it's season seven. Started. Yeah. You were AOL dialing it up back. It then, was the so. information yeah. superhighway. Video on the internet was kind of like a pipe dream. Yeah, uh, you're right. You're right. All right. Well, well, for my pick, and it, it's hard because season seven. I now, now I have to stop. I have to have an ending, right? So I just can't pick something that's gonna like leave me unfulfilled. But I'm not gonna pick all good things because I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do it because it's great. But I'm gonna just pick a regular episode that also gives me closure. So I pick one that shows us everything that might have been, could have been, and should have Attached. been parallels. And so I picked parallels. Why were you mouthing Sub Rosa? <laughs> I thought he was leading into attached, actually, but I'm surprised no, that he no, went parallels. We get to see uh, Lieutenant Worf. Data in red. Exactly. And Worf in red. And, and With blue eyes. Worf and Troy. And, and Daniel, I know, loves this episode because in some timelines there is no Alexander. Um, and. <sighs> You just get everything. You get you get um, uh, Riker Van Winkle um, in this episode. Um, <laughs> you just get everything. We can't go back. <laughs> you don't know what it's like. Um, oh my goodness! Although, wouldn't you say he's that much more awesome? Because I mean, look at that beard. I mean, it, just, it can't be contained. That's an episode it's you a don't want to miss. Beard. It's all it's holding the Enterprise together at this point. <laughs> it's the fabric of his beard. Except for like the Riker maneuver is now just him pushing, pulling on his beard. That's all it is. So, but yeah, I mean, this this shows you all those kind of fanfic, like what which we've talked about, like best of both worlds. What happens if Picard died and it was just Riker and Shelby, or or everything that you could have thought happened or didn't happen. You you we get. It's actually like the fanfic episode of the next generation, um, but it's awesome. I mean, you get it from Worf's perspective, right? Um, and I mean, it's just great, great, great. It's a great season seven. It's a good closure to this marathon I've been doing. Yeah, I like also. I mean, when people start to actually talk about like the multiverse theory, theory or things like that, I just say, "Well, just watch this episode because it pretty much explains it in a very, <laughs> in a very convincing way." I mean, not the whole jumping between, but yeah, the whole what ifs or different places, and you can kind of see they kind of dusted off some of the uh, uh, extra props. Think you know, and stuck them around the bridge and did some different things and. Uh, but yeah, I I love this episode. It's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I also love this episode because it gives me the clip of them singing for he's a got jolly good fellow in Klingon. So anytime anyone has a birthday that I know, I just put that on their Facebook page and job done. <laughs> well, and I think wasn't that because they didn't want to pay for? Yeah, you birthday? can never sing it. Which we're not going to sing it now because of course we can't. Yeah, that that song that cannot be named. <laughs> but do you enjoy? Uh, parallels as well daniel you know i don't i mean i do I, I like the episode just fine i don't seem to like it as much as the rest of fandom enjoys it it's okay i, I like it uh, it's interesting um but i just there are people gravitate towards it and i just i'm just mediocre on it i'm lukewarm on it it's a fine choice uh, i'm not criticizing philip but he does like justice so <laughs> i think daniel was just so upset when Jordy died so it's probably what keeps him away from this episode. 
Jordy is dead. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, no, no, wait, that doesn't. No, no, never mind. That's that's bad. Please come on. Up. <laughs> <laughs> we have to take our word for it. <laughs> okay, so final choices. My my last choice. I went with the Pegasus. Uh, this is just such a such a good episode because again, like the wounded, uh, you get you know these these interpersonal conflicts you have uh you know Riker having to choose between Picard and his old captain you know you have what people in the federation developing a cloaking device illegally what this is our perfect utopian future where no one does anything bad <laughs> but Gene's dead so i guess we can do it um but i you know from the actual use of the cloak to the whole pegasus being half fused in rock which was just awesome uh, it was, it was really cool. I, I, I really enjoyed this episode. Although I, I'd have to say if there's one small change I could make, I would probably recast who played that Romulan commander. He's probably the worst Romulan I'd ever seen. It just, it didn't work. Like this was kind of mid-level bureaucratic Romulan kind of sitting on his chair. Uh, it was only saved by the counterbalance of how awesome, you know, the, the captain was. So, when you when you're talking about the Pegasus, what you really mean to say is these are the voyages, right? That's that's the episode that you really want to pick as your favorite episode you, for season seven. You want right? the fan edit that combines. The, I've seen the fan edit of that combines. Of the or maybe no, the I universally think. acclaimed. I mean, these are not my words. I'm selectively editing and cutting them from Warp Five. That these are the voyages as <laughs> the best series finale in the history of Star Trek. The best episode I've heard. I have heard multiple Trek FM personalities mention these are the voyages as the best episode of Star Trek. Really? Ever. That's weird because I could have sworn when I heard them they said like I don't really consider that the end of the series at all. I just pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, but after I used the the software, it said this the end of the series is what I heard, and so there you go. I mean, oh yes, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's almost like the fandom was fused in solid rock. <laughs> <laughs> so now I, I have a theory here. I think Admiral Pressman was from Section Thirty One. Oh, I totally buy that. Well, he would have to be. Yeah, I would think he's, so. Yeah. Anyone who was John Locke on Lost, <laughs> I mean, that guy, you cannot be trusted. Oh my goodness, that's saying. a connection I've never made before. Yeah. Well, you didn't. Uh, yeah, uh, that was. I mean, obviously he was on Next Gen way before, but I was like, hey, it's that guy from. <laughs> <laughs> from from the Pegasus. He's totally walking. He's, yeah, he, he was walking on the bridge of the Enterprise, I'm just saying. But, uh, yeah, no, I could I could buy that. Uh, you know, and they probably built, you know, the Pegasus in an orbiting platform around Jupiter because nobody would find it there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one, one, one scene that I really like, and this is, I know, a very Phillips thing, um, is when Jean-Luc and Admiral Pressman are talking about Will. And, and and talking about what kind of an officer he is. And John Luke makes the callback to what to encounter at Farpoint. Basically the reason he chose Will was because he wouldn't allow his captain to beam down to the planet. And he said, When I saw that, I knew I'd found my first officer. And so, you know, because the the Admiral's saying, Well, I like him when he just followed orders as an ensign and so but it was a very interesting discussion and a good callback to to something that's kind of been throughout the series about Riker, you know, and his standing up for what he believes in. 
you didn't feel like you needed to resolve anything with the Riker character at this point. I mean, in season seven, but it was nice to get more of his history besides just the Thomas Riker side, you know, or his dad dated Pulaski side. I mean, let's give him a little more awesome background. All right. Well, oh man, this was an awesome journey through Trek and I'm, I'm actually slightly amazed that we had no, no. duplicates. So uh, all this thing about us, you know, agreeing or, you know, look, we had 21 episodes were mentioned in this, in this show. Great. Now I have to find cover art for 21 <laughs> episodes instead of, because no duplicates couldn't, couldn't have had those, but uh, no. So, so final thoughts, just uh, how was this experience guys? I, again, was it, was it really that hard or what did it let you kind of look at, at the series as a whole in kind of a different way, uh, Philip. Well, I mean, I think, you know, to be completely egotistical, I mean, the th- all, most of the episodes, well, not all, but some of the episodes are, were just very Philippy. You know, there's, there's ones I like, but then the ones that are like me, like the bonding, no one's going to choose that one. No one's ever going to choose the bonding as a season three episode. What could I possibly choose that? Absolutely <laughs> exactly. No yeah. No, I mean, that's good. I just love it because of what, the issues it tackles but um but yeah i mean i think when you're thinking about what would you watch together because to me i think i don't think i could ever marathon t and g because some of them are heavy some of them are funny um some of them are good some of them are not so good some you know and i just really like to digest like you know i could probably marathon some star trek but not a lot because i think almost all star trek any series it's hard to do a lot of episodes together because there's a lot. I mean, I, at least I would take a break for my mind to like take a rest. You know, there's some stuff that I can watch, you know, all day long. Um, but, but I, you know, it, it, I, very interesting exercise and, and I definitely like all the episodes I chose and I definitely liked several of the episodes y'all chose. And what about you, Daniel? Was it uh, pure torture? I know I really hurt you with season three, but, uh, but, but beyond that. You know, it's really interesting. TNG exists you know, and it has this special place to me where I I want Star Trek to be I want Star Trek to be more serialized like television is now, but I, I in a way, n- not in a perfect way, but in, in a in a very real way, TNG finds a really good balance between serialization and episodic television. I think you know it's a it was a. The, towards the tail end of a dying breed and, and it did a really interesting thing so like going through these seasons and picking one episode from each of these seasons is so hard to do for for most of these seasons because the seasons are so spread out and so varied in, in their in the way that they approach the episodes and how they tell the stories and season three was just a perfect example of oh my goodness how do you compare yesterday's enterprise to to who watches the watchers or the best of both worlds like how do you compare those episodes they're totally different so uh, it's what i think it's a some people might consider it a weakness but i think it's a strength of tng that we that we each picked a different episode <laughs> for each season that's incredible that's amazing like uh, we get such a spread across all of the series and i think Ultimately, I think it's a strength of the show to show that there are episodes in each season that will speak to different people in different ways. So, no, that's that's well put. I mean, it and it's so true. It many people love Star Trek in general, or not just the Next Generation, for many different reasons. It touches something different, and 
this exercise era in a way just kind of showcase that why we all chose different episodes some are terrible episodes that we just love though because it's just fun and some you know are really well written and we wouldn't watch it a ton but you know if it was on i mean let's be honest anytime this comes up on like the sci-fi channel doesn't matter what you're doing you're gonna watch the rest of the episode as it plays you've seen it a million times but it's like oh it's on tv i haven't uh i I don't even have to do anything i just have to keep my eyes open (laughs) well okay well it's been fun talking about the seven season snapshot challenge today but it's just one of the many trek topics we've been talking about here on trek fm this week here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Montgomery Scott. It's really just there to tell a story that they couldn't tell with Kirk or Spock or McCoy. This is true. An episode where Kirk is framed for the murder of a hooker would be... Right. Awesome. Completely different. <laughs> but... It would be awesome, but... Earl Grey. Ships of TNG Part 2. Commander Riker, why would you protect the inferior <laughs> ship? I want its treasure. I want the other ship. Darren, how long have you been keeping that one in your pocket? You yeah, I like tell that. Us. That was good. Do a <laughs> the ready room. Scientific method. She tells the the the, guy, the woman that comes on the bridge, and she's like, "Well, it doesn't, you know, it it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to drive into these stars. It's going to be great. Like it's like <laughs> I'm just like the orb." Till death do us part. His are, are, are very quizzical in nature. They they're of the scientist. They're of the somebody who who is willing to accept. Okay, where what is this reality? What's going on? She's just all like, tell me what to do right now. You know, like she, right. She, there's nothing spiritual about her. To the journey. One versus doctor's orders. I was working full-time on top of being a full-time student, and I... Listen, I don't, I don't want to hear your excuses, okay? I don't want to hear them. <laughs> like, life was happening, and... A great man once told me, if something's important to you, you make the time. Warp 5. Undeveloped Enterprise Stories. But the idea here is that Porthos would become intelligent and would be the only member of the crew capable of communicating with a canine alien. So even Hoshi, apparently... Couldn't figure out this dog language. Commentary: Trek stars. Fifth bowl, Shamira. I, I loved. I'd love to see an X Files one shot with Scully and and the hookers. With you know? Scully and the hookers. Yeah. That's a great name for That's a what band. We can call it Scully and the hookers. <laughs> Melodic treks. Five musical favorites. You know, I don't completely hate the opening theme. I, I just really think that Archer's theme should be opening credits. Continuing mission. Star Trek Axelar with Alec Peters. That's what we posit. We say it makes sense that at this point, we know it's from from TOS. They're not integrated, so our crews are not integrated. And and we make a point of that. We don't avoid it. We make a point of it. And in Prelude to Axelar, they talk about that. Literary Treks. IDW Alien Spotlight Part 1. Well, Chris, it's okay because they can see the Romulans from their house. That's right. So, from space, you know, you betcha. You know, that's okay. I can see the Romulans from my uh, from my starship. It's gonna be fine. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher. 
the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream them from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for the podcast directory to get all the links. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's Earl Grey, just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show. That option on the side, choose Earl Grey, and that'll come to all three of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and other listeners on our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Also, please let us know how we're doing by leaving an iTunes review. That will help other listeners find our show here in 2014. Before we go, I'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Our sponsor for this week is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've wanted to read but never thought you'd had the time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week, from classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World. Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. And we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. And lastly, there are, there's one more way that you can directly help us keeping Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that's by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations of aliens, anyway. If you can go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Toba Ushi, who does most of the artwork you see on our website. They're available in both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels that you can choose from. Just let us know what you would like and in what format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate. And your support helps us to pay for the costs of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. Okay, so your reward, gentlemen, for going through my seven-season snapshot challenge is you get to tell me where people can find you online. I know, I know, I'm very generous. So, Daniel, if 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 people want to, you know, just rip into your seven choices, where can they? What is the direct line to talking? To the provers so anybody can talk to me about these choices on twitter especially if i don't know like maybe you featured in one of these episodes like maybe you're michelle forbes and you want to chat with me about uh whatever um you know I'll, i'm on twitter so let's talk at one up dan and that is the number one not the word and i'll be happy to talk about any of the choices that i made today and Philip, when you're talking with your fellow housemates at Hogwarts, uh, you know, about your fascination with this muggle program called Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, how, how would they best contact you in, in the muggle universe? Well, those from the proper wizarding family can reach me on Twitter at handle NC Public Servant. That's NC like North Carolina. And again, if if people want to say, Darren, why did you make your co-host do this? Uh, Or, Darren, that's a brilliant idea. Uh, I really want to instigate uh, Snapshot Challenge Day and and let's do Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Enterprise. Oh, wait, no, we can't do seven for, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Enterprise. Too soon. We gave you a good season finale. Huh? Huh? Oh, oh. 
Oh, it's, that's not good either. You're just rubbing salt in the wound right there. Thanks. Thanks for that. The wounded, perhaps? I, I always thought I was rubbing catfish in the pan. Uh, you just want to be a chef, like observing, you know, don't, don't you, <laughs> don't you, <laughs> well, they can find me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And if they want to talk about more science fiction or even hear Daniel and I talk about other sci-fi topics, such as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you can catch my other show called the Dr. Sci-Fi show, which is at drsci-fi.com. This month we were talking about toys. And like I said, uh, actually I just wrapped up an awesome episode about the star trek playmates toys which uh were instrumental in my childhood and creating the geek i am today so okay so now i i, I was gonna say i'm i'm gonna go off and and do some marathoning but i'm a little marathoned out with uh <laughs> with this deep deep dive into into star trek so maybe maybe i'll go pop in you know these are the voyages just give it a give it a once around the room and uh just see that epic epic conclusion to the events of the Pegasus. So I'm going to go pop that in, in, uh, on my, on my Netflix queue. And, uh, I will, I will catch you guys later. Live long and prosper. Make it so. Yeah, engage. Fire. Fire.